Not loud enough, but I really to go. See, so. What's up? Welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Jackson Russo. And I'm Adam Selby. We are, uh, welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. This is your favorite uh, refuge from Game of Thrones and Avengers spoilers. We are not going to be talking about uh, Iron Man sitting on the Iron Throne. Um, this week we have uh, RTB2 from Denton, Texas. Do you guys still want to hail from Denton, Texas? Is that fair enough to say? You know oh, what? Yeah. I think, no, I don't think, no, no more. I think that's it. <laughs> We live here. We've lived here for a very, very long time, and I think that's it. Yeah. We're going to continue to living here, but I don't know. It's not no longer from Denton, Texas. Fair enough. I we, mean, whenever I'm out of town, I don't uh, say I'm from Denton. I say I'm from Dallas because... I, really? Well, and not because I'm ashamed of Denton or anything like that. <laughs> it's just easier because it's, it's just like, ah, oh, it's a thing. Most people know where Denton is. Yeah, yeah. which I have found out. Yeah. Uh, so I always feel like the asshole in those situations. <laughs> uh, y'all want to say your names and what you do in the band? Sure. Uh, my name is Ryan Thomas Becker, and I play the guitar and I sing. Uh, yeah. I'm Grady Sandlin, and I play the drums. You know, I was going to be the asshole and ask what the name was, and then you just said your full name. So I assume that uh, is the uh, oh, the name, name RTB2? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. What is the two? Is that just for the duo or <laughs> it's very are you yes. the second? It's very simple. No, it's just that there are, there are two of us. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and that's something to mention, you know. Uh we only have two people here. We're not missing any of the band. It's just the two of you guys. Yep. The whole band. Yeah. The whole band. We have uh we we have some people come like play with us here and there. Our friend uh Tony Ferraro uh plays bass with us more recently or more frequently than than not here lately so sometimes we are rtb two plus one (laughs) um and then also y'all on the records it's not just guitar and drums always there are some songs where you have keys and right we uh, we add some more stuff to it yeah i mean it it definitely and it, it feels full in both the uh live format and uh you know the record i haven't seen you guys with uh more than just you two so i would be interested to see that it it definitely whenever you guys are performing it it, it's hard to explain to somebody you know that just two musicians can make a full sounding set and it's not just because y'all are really loud and you're this garage rock band that is just as long as you're loud people like it so kudos to you guys (laughs) thanks yeah (laughs) that was probably the approach at first was like play a lot or something or go like go uh busy and then and then maybe strip it down because you can strip it way down yeah you know further yeah. than most bands but uh when doing the duo thing without bass you uh learn to love it learn yeah. to love the space yes the baselessness sure. of it all we did something you mentioned other uh instruments on the record on i think the last time we focused on making higher guitar parts so it'd make the the ones that are we normally play sound yeah the contrast. sound lower yeah yeah that's pretty you don't clever. have yeah you don't have to go low yeah uh the, like the the overdub dee, 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 kind of parts yeah yeah okay yeah. that was a thing yeah yeah our friend uh JC um who runs his own kind of house studio and then he runs uh, or he engineers up at uh, Echo Lab and Argyle and he runs sound and he plays in Grady's honky tonk band and he has his own act tangent um he was with us for this the last record that we did and he was kind of like a kind of a drum tech and idea man and i feel like it was 
at least more than two songs, we'd be like, what do you think this needs? Anything else? And he, I'd look over at him. I don't think he would say a word or anything. He'd just kind of do the, like he'd, he'd motion to put you know, the <laughs> highest fret and kind of do one of and it worked every time. Tiny wonder, guitar. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if that was his way of, you know, trying to make you feel like it was your idea because he didn't explicitly <laughs> yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned, uh, sorry, I already blanked on his name, but, uh, you know, a DFW musician being, you know, all around, you know, playing in multiple bands mm-hmm. and having multiple hats that they wear. I've found that, and I would assume it's like this in all, you know, local music scenes that, you know, these musicians... They're all over the place when it comes to, you know, you can go to a show, especially in Denton, and see um, musicians that have played in multiple bands. And yeah. that's definitely an exciting thing. Um, yeah. yeah, there there have been uh, shows that I'll go and there will be three bands on the bill and it's all the same drummer because there's yeah. very few drummers around here that I find. And the good drummers are very busy. So, yeah. Trying to think, uh, people who play and like, and, and it's not like they're they're looking to play in a lot of bands. I think it's just people who really love to play music, and it just so happens that that's an effect or like a like a like a, a symptom. No, a what? Like you just happen to play in a bunch of bands because like I like playing. Like I have a bunch of ideas and lots of kinds of music that I like to play, and it's it just so happens that it's it works that you kind of start playing in other bands with other people but also the same people yeah 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 it it i've had that same idea where you know i'm in one band and i have had these ideas that are like that wouldn't fit with this band and then i start thinking like oh well i could do it on my own and find a different drummer to do that and then i always find myself thinking like oh who should i get for this and it's always the same person i'm like shit like I, I see how people are. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you can do that though. That's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I see how these music scenes can, uh, or the bands themselves can seem incestuous in that kind of way, which is probably a gross way of explaining or describing that. It's... So apologies, anyone who uh, does that. <laughs> um, so you mentioned the minimalism, uh, or going from you know busy to minimal minimalism, and I imagine that as a musician, you know. I think it's inherent to want to show people, you know, what you can do, whether or not, uh, you know, it's necessarily the best thing for a song. But uh, I think it takes uh, incredible restraint. I mean, like on y'all's songs, Sarah, or song Sarah's with cars? In or, cars. In cars, yeah. sorry. No, no, um, no. I mean, just the drums in that, like, just that snare uh, hit with no you know, hi-hat or kick for a while at the beginning of the song. That was something that, you know, it's really simple, but to me, like, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, oh, shit. Like, it felt like there were parts that, you know, I was like, okay, it's doing this right here, but we're, you know, keeping it really simple so we can focus on the lyrics and stuff. So that must have been, you know, an obvious uh, choice, but... Yeah, it was. We, uh, that one, I don't know why that, that was the choice, that we it that, was an older tune that uh, of mine that I had like on a little solo album that I made like a hundred copies of and I think my parents have it Grady might have it has it um uh and it was like this ten minute uh, electronic song and it was completely different and it was in four four and everything like that and I don't remember exactly when it happened where it's just like let's try something different which we have over the years it's just like let's take a song and I think that's kind of uh, the freedom also of having kind of a just the two of us is that we can pull and push at a song 
at any moment's notice, like in, at a show or whatever, and kind of like stretch it to wherever we want it to go. Yeah, um, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it must be easy. Like, I, I've started songs in wrong keys. There's never a wrong key for you, is there? <laughs> yeah. The drums never in drop D. So <laughs> right. you're I, always good I there. never tune my guitar. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> do you even have a tuning pedal? I do. I think. I, uh, I think. I. I. I, anno- like I, I know. I know. I. Yeah. I, I know. I've annoyed Grady with tuning in between songs. Well, there's, it would never be out of tune with me. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm just. I was always like, uh, let's keep the pace up. But I'm. I'm over that. Yeah. I don't like the pace anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I've noticed with certain musicians. You know, it's kind of just part of their thing that their tuning just slowly throughout the show will get into a, a whole different it's not that it's out of tune but it will you know kind of slip into its own thing mm-hmm. and like especially eric from Fishboy, i see him do that all the time especially during his solo shows but then as soon as he uh is with his band i see all the people in the band like hey dude tune and he's yeah. like oh yeah fuck yeah it. <laughs> i mean it happens enough it's kind of a recurring joke almost yeah, yeah. So. he bangs on that thing so hard yeah and jumps around so much yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. it's definitely an energy that I aspire to, not just in music, but just in general life. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you guys have music dating back to 2007. Is it safe to say that that's where it, when the band kind of started? 2005, 2006? Yeah, we yeah. claim before. Yeah. Uh, there's probably, I think we have an EP that's not in print that was probably oh, yeah. 2006. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like called Wishy Waltz. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the first thing that ever came out with that name on it. But we yeah. we had been playing shows with the name RTB too. I think in our in two thousand five, mm-hmm. and it was always you guys got together here in Denton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. I feel like Denton brings together all these musicians really well, and a lot of them. Yeah, will a lot stick of people. Around. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of people that we have on are always from out of town, and they're in another town where it's like the four year cycle kind of thing. And you guys didn't have oh, that obviously, yeah. so. Uh, well, we had known each other previously. Yes. For at least seven, eight years before that. Yeah. So we had known each other in high school and played Mm -hmm. in a band. And then, um, Ooh, I'm so sorry. One of the first gigs that I think I played with the band, your band was at, it was at your high school's battle of the bands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was awesome. Sorry. We got, (laughs) I think we got second. Yeah. There's uh, no prize for second. There's no prize for second. We, we lost to the band that we lost to played Sister Hazel covers, well, and that's that's why, mm. of course. Yeah, I, well, I think the prize of being second is mentioning it, however many years later on a podcast. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it all comes to fruition. Today. Who really won? Yeah. <laughs> so um, the music dates back to 2007. Yep, you guys so. have been here for a while, and you know, I. I, I'm always interested. I've only been in Denton for six years. And as I say that, you know, six years is not a short amount of time, but mm-hmm. I definitely feel like, you know, I've seen it change in a couple of ways, especially recently, you know, um, and I guess this isn't so recent anymore is stuff like, you know, J and J shutting down and then opening back up, whatever, mm-hmm. what, rubber gloves, rubber gloves, yeah. closing and reopening. Haley's yeah, kind of a trend here. Yeah. Haley's. Yeah. So that, that was one I never got to go to. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard stories about it. it. It got it got kind of sad towards the end, uh, but I remember it's heyday or whatever. It was like a, a a great destination for like big touring bands that came through. Yeah, and I can't remember one. Yeah, um, 
The, but, I, no, I'm not going to talk. Well, that's the beauty. <laughs> of, no, like, I've, I've heard the same thing, though, and I I got to Denton after Haley's had been a venue like that was popular. I mean, it was dying when I was here originally. So Yeah, well, I remember. I don't know who who played, but I know plenty of touring bands did, and that was like the the place. So. Yeah. A really early one was Iron and Wine. Yeah. And then oh, some uh, one of uh, some Will Oldham project played there. I know that. Um, I saw not a surf there, or maybe oh, I was awesome. doing sound, and it was, it was rough. Uh, uh, <laughs> some some oh. things kept uh, power amp kept kept powering down, and yeah. so I think at one point during the show, I can remember they were uh, the power amps were up sort of elevated, and I just I had a bar stool and was standing on the bar stool just holding the power uh, <laughs> button for the power amp off just so it wouldn't uh, shut down. I'm sure probably just so it would. I think then it would just blow the speakers or blow yeah. the amp, but it didn't. It uh, good job. Yeah, I yeah. did great. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Smog played. I remember seeing Smog there before he was Bill Callahan or whatever, and um, that Vic uh, Chestnut show. But that oh, yeah. was with uh, Scott and, and Will, Will and from Centromatic, and, and then Jason Isbell. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. And, uh, anyways, yeah, there do, was. Yeah. Do, does anyone remember that place, The Hive? That's now. Oh, yeah. uh, what did it wasn't it only it was only used for the thirty five. Yeah, thing, I think right? that was it. Yeah, yeah. It was I still call to... it the hive every time my yeah. wife and I pass it. Which is like we missed the hive, even though we went there for a show during thirty five, and it was. Yeah, I think they wanted terrible. to turn it into a venue after thirty five, and then yeah. that fell through because yeah. it, it had been empty until yeah. recently. So. That's the only like quote unquote uh, big ba- uh, big artist that I saw here in Denton was oh. like Danny Brown over there, and oh, oh yeah. Um, well, now that I think about it, well big artists outside of like festivals but now that you say it that probably was for 35 and that's another thing that uh mm-hmm. has kind of you know flowed through denton you know we had used to have 35 denton and every year we had like great bands it was like a i hate to say mini south by southwest but it was that kind of atmosphere of there was, was the same like that's what they were going for. that's what they were trying to do yeah because yeah. it like, was called north it was called north by 35 before yeah, it was called yeah. 35 denton and they specifically had it around that time so they could get the bands coming in or going out kind of a thing yeah and that, that was really a great thing for me because it, it was a good way for me every time that i went to south by southwest to mm-hmm. kind of like ease into south by because <laughs> like this was south by light and you mm-hmm. could go around and like get yourself exhausted but still and see more shows and that kind of stuff. But it was cool that we had that for a bit and sadly it's gone, you know, maybe one day we'll have something similar, but then we also had Oaktopia, which I don't know if they're still doing that, but it is over in Dallas or was for a bit. It moved and I don't think it counts anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are they, they're still doing it. I didn't they, remember. Well, they did it, and it was just at Palm Factory last year, so it's just oh, a Palm Factory cool. event. Now. They, yeah, I think they had it at like three venues. They had it at Trees. All the Palm all Factory. the ones that the guy, same guy owns. Yeah, oh. yeah. So, so it seems yeah. like it's not much of a festival anymore to me. But okay. yeah, I, I remember hearing some people were really bitter about that around Denton, and I was like, that's very Denton of people to be just like kind of bitter when something from here is successful enough, and like. You know, I don't know whether or not that was successful, but in my mm. eyes, going from, you know, playing in the Wells Fargo parking lot here to uh, the Bomb Factory, and I remember seeing pictures from it, and it was packed. So mm. people being very bitter about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that's just That's a, just what we do. Yeah. I don't know if that's a our kind of younger crowd doing that, but, it, yeah. Mm. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just musicians in general. 
Uh, I think uh, music fans do that too. Mm-hmm. It yeah. happens. It's like a sp- your sports team that kind of um, they move to another city. No, I don't know actually. Uh, it, it, it's a, <laughs> I, mean, I think that, it's a loyalty sounds, thing. Right? I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really tired. Um, what was I? Oh, and then there was a thing. I don't. There was the Fry Street Fair, which yeah. was before 35, which yeah. was a very. It was um, that was. Like a very uh, Denton was like interwoven with that kind of a thing, and there was one year where they moved it to Deep Ellum. I forget exactly why. Maybe it was the room or something, yeah. or they just thought it would be cool, and everybody hated it. And I think it went right back to Denton like the following <laughs> year. I remember, yeah, I, I saw on Facebook a couple like weeks ago. Uh, somebody posted like some pictures from like one of the Fry Street fairs from like the eighties, and mm-hmm. it was just weird seeing Fry Street like that because. I don't know if it was that way uh, back in the 80s onwards whenever it stopped, uh, but it uh, Fry Street has become the uh, place where the college kids can go drink cheap. And oh, I, yeah. Uh, it, was it always that way? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My understanding is it's always been that way. But, but it's interesting. It's very different look, now because the, the apartments are there. and Yeah. Well, when you look at the Fry that. Street Fair, it looks like a family event. And it's very rare that you see family events on Fry Street, at least you, that I, I see. I mean, you did before the apartments. So <laughs> The apartments. They would just block off the street uh, there between Hickory and Elm, essentially. And there was just, you know more space there were big parking lots there so uh you could just have a a show here and a show there and it was kind of like you'd fit a stage wherever you could wherever it would go yeah and uh and it was it it all felt very like lawless i remember uh being there and like there was just you know like you could like hippies selling clothes and stuff like that it was a much bigger like hippie element in the back then and uh i remember someone uh, pointing out there was incense burning it was outside and uh someone looked at me and was like you know people smoke a lot of weed when you have to burn incense outside like, i haven't been to fry street in a while during the evening is that the bubble guy still doing yeah he's still still there insane the, we, the we guy with moving in the van yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 same van it's got it's so. probably, it looks like it's the same one i i drove past him once and uh i saw he was just kind of standing on the side of the road staring at his car with like jumper cables and i was like fuck that guy's always so positive i'll turn around and i helped him and he was like yeah if you want to come by tonight i'll give you some free stuff i was like i'm okay thank you though (laughs) i don't know what that is and you told me that you make it yourself i don't trust that you just put bleach in like tobacco or something i don't know (laughs) really nice guy yeah i'm not i'm not trying to uh, totally let's hope it's not that yeah i hope that's not his recipe (laughs) i think we would know by now yeah maybe i mean it is yeah never mind (laughs) so uh you know being a duo uh and you know it always feels like at least a lot of the duos that i see uh nowadays at least it it feels like there's a lot of uh attempt to fill space and you know this may be touching back on that same idea of you know starting out busy and then kind of pulling back but you know whenever i've seen you guys live a couple times and you guys were one of the first bands that i saw live here in denton when i got here like (laughs) six years ago and you're a very emotive performer uh ryan Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's an attempt to uh you know kind of fill the space or if that's just kind of like you know letting whatever your song writing take over 
Uh, probably the latter. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I'm like that when I'm just doing like solo shows and things like that. I just kind of get into it. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Cause I don't, can't, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's appropriate to do that with anything else in my life. And yeah. I feel like it's a nice outlet to kind of, um, really feel that way. It'd probably be different if there were five of us though. Like, do you, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Less room to run around, at least. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Like yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a. Okay, have... I get it. Well, then maybe I I probably maybe I do it more with <laughs> by myself. I do it a little bit less, but still a lot with you. And then as more people, more people are around playing music, I do it less and less. We can edit this out if you want, but do you do that uh, in front of a mirror? That's what all guitarists do. I, I guarantee. I can safely assume that you have played guitar in front of a mirror before. Yes? Not. I've sung in front of a mirror when I was very small. Uh, well, when I was just kind of finding that I could kind of sing um, just to kind of get the, the uh, that helps with the um, the nerves or the just kind of the, the confidence and things like But not guitar. I have not done it. I don't think I've done it with a guitar. Wow. That is like an inherently guitarist thing to do. I've had uh, a couple of guitarists who have been on the show will talk guitars afterwards and they'll, they'll take one of my guitars and... They said, oh, do you have a full body mirror? And I was like, no. And they're like, what, <laughs> what the hell? You're not a real guitarist. You, I can't believe you've never done that. Wow. That, it's a weirdly guitarist thing. And I catch myself doing that because it's hard for me uh, whenever I'm practicing something to just stand still. Maybe that's something I should work on, but I don't want to stand still on stage. So I'm mm. probably not going to stand still. Um, but if I'm just playing acoustic or whatever, I'll find myself walking to the bathroom and standing in front of it, staring at my fingers in the mirror not instead of going down yeah oh, i'm amazed i'm just making myself look like an ass here oh no 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 at no. all i i think it <laughs> um i think i have a little i don't know i the way that i've learned how to play guitar and i think the way that i feel like i can play guitar i don't know if i have i don't know if it's a confidence thing or anything like that but i've Early on and for the longest time, I never really considered myself like a lead guitarist. And I still kind of don't because I, I feel like the, the lead stuff is kind of just a part of this, the whole kind of package. Yeah. And I'm not just like a, I'm not just wanking on a, on a wheel, wheel, wheel. Or anything yeah. like that. Not saying that you are or any of these other people are, but um, there's a crybaby pedal right over there. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, no, I'm not and, like that uh, at all. But, I can't solo at all, so I, don't worry. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that's kind of that. That's been my feeling, I guess. So I don't know exactly what you would call that, but I don't. I've never really con- considered myself like guitar guy kind of a thing <laughs> and i'm like i'm terrible with with gear questions and i just want something that works yeah um and if it sounds good kind of a thing and if it doesn't sound good then i'll make it sound good with the way that i play or i turn it all the way up or any, something like that it's just what know. type of guitar do you play a telecaster a telecaster i have a couple of telecasters one is a american fat telecaster i think is what it is yeah humbucker single coil and then i have like a 72 reissue oh my god i think it's a custom um i like that you think it's a custom i'm pretty sure it's something that uh (laughs) people like to show off 
but oh yeah very good well i mean it's a reissue <laughs> whenever somebody's like oh dude that those guitars are awesome it's like well it's a reissue and they're just like <laughs> it was made in mexico but that's okay it's yeah. still i can it's 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 a great guitar it's yeah. Really, really good. I've had a difficult time explaining the uh, kind of differences between a Mexican Telecaster and an American Telecaster to people in a way that makes it understandable why you would uh, pay more for American. Isn't it like 90 miles? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And, no, and it's exactly something like that because like somebody, I explained it to him. I was like, well, it's got the, uh, you know, the ashtray is typically, you know, American, that kind of mm. stuff. And then I start really thinking about it. I was like, Fuck, I think I did just pay extra for, you know, just to say it's American. Oh shit. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that that's something uh there's gotta be some good videos uh it, it online. Helps, it helps the resale value, I'm certain. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 Oh well. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, we were, uh, something Ryan was talking about and I think I I can relate to is uh just being like we're both self-taught musicians and there's something to that of i think being self-taught i think it's probably good to do things like look in a mirror and actually see what it looks like you know and and maybe wrap your head around what it looks like what it sounds like things like that we've done a ton of kind of figuring it out for ourselves and a lot of that together yeah mm-hmm. we have been together for a lot of our um each other's and our own musical growth and it as mentioned before it went from fast and hard to sort of trying to enjoy and uh embrace space yeah and going man i, I mean i i think a definitely approach of mine at a, at one point was to try and keep up with him and now I'm like, I'm just going to let him go. I'll just, I'll, I'll be back here. You know, like, yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe like think of like a, like flying a kite. Like I'll just be here on the ground. And if you're, whatever happens up there is fine uh, with me. I'll, when you, you know, yeah. kind of thing. It's instead of like, I'll, I'll try and that's a good meet, analogy. You, meet you up there that's kind great. of thing. Yeah. So uh, that's. I think a part of both of our approach is um, not even a less is more thing, just knowing, you know, com- being comfortable with yeah. what you're doing. And uh, as you guys know, I you play as well, Adam? No, I don't. I just Adam's like the, uh, the general listener, yeah. and yeah. I am the asshole musician. <laughs> cool. I mean, the best thing that, like, you can even, you know, steal from your influence is to be yourself. Yeah. Always the best thing. Always the the most valuable thing you can do. And that's a hard thing to learn. It's yeah. not an easy thing to arrive at Yeah, when you're, you know, 20 or something. Yeah, well, I can imagine in y'all's style of music, which I don't know. We, we just, last episode, did a, uh, we were talking about genres uh, and how we feel and like about all the problems with y- yeah, genres, uh, you know, labeling the genre of your music. So mm-hmm. I won't make you say what genre you are or anything like that. But, uh, you know, with y'all's type of music, it is kind of, uh, there is that kind of expected, you know, you can go up there and play what is exactly on the record, but then there is that opportunity of, you know, if you're thinking the song, you know, a song can change in one night, 
based off of emotion and you know the way that you know ryan performs it can i can imagine something could change uh in the way something's performed and you know you know since it's just the two of you maybe you could drop out and just let him go and then maybe vice versa you know pick it up and you know go faster on a song that's typically you know not as fast so there's a lot of freedom i imagine Mm -hmm. in being a duo but it also takes a lot of confidence to do that because you know ryan you're not just playing uh rhythm and you're not just soloing you're doing both and it never it feels empty and i know i keep saying that but it's important to stress that and just for a general listener i imagine um it can fall, you know, it can go past somebody's eyes that how extremely difficult it is to be a duo. I've tried duo sets when, you know, certain band members can't make a show and I have never appreciated those band members who couldn't make that show more than during that duo set. Not saying anything bad about the other person I'm playing about, but I'm just like, wow, we're a tight unit. Mm -hmm. And it might be that same way with you guys, just the two of you though. (laughs) i'm sorry uh i don't know i'm just kind of jumping into this um sometimes it has to do with how the song was written and how the song in your ears how it kind of came together like with your band like with the two other people that was the sound that was the sound kind of in your head uh when i've had new songs uh we usually go by like a demo which is very it's, it's like it's very simple or I just show Grady something, so it's just me showing him. And so that's kind of what this, like, and once we get that, that's kind of the sound that we're hearing and kind of we're going for. And so that's kind of the satisfying thing. And I think that's that helps the confidence, where it's just like, this is the song. This is how it goes. This is how we can do it. And we can do so many other things with it, with just the two of us. But, like, that's, I'm confident that this is how yeah. the song goes. Yeah. If that makes sense? Yeah, I'm. <clears throat> we tend our songs. I think they tend to evolve kind of tangentially. If that if that makes sense, we will kind of play a song a way and have a focus of a oh we really like what you were doing there, and then maybe the next time the next person will also be or the other person will trying to be uh, moving it in that direction, and um, so we've never we haven't ever really been a play it like the record kind of band we have pretty specific arrangements like it's only going to probably go this many times or things like that but as far as what's actually played is that is has always been up to you know that specific performance but again it does evolve i think that we're always thinking about what happened last time and yeah where we want it to go this time well there there will i've been to shows where you know bands you know some of those bands who have that one song that they have to play every night and, you know, maybe they want to move on from that song, but they feel, you know, people paid money, they're going to see it. And, but, so they play it, but they play like an acoustic version or an abridged version, that kind of stuff. That's different than what we're talking about here, where, you know, it can be just like at an actually different song. Adam and I saw uh, Jack White last year or was that yeah i guess it was last year yeah last year and he took uh we're gonna be friends and made it like like a honky tonk song which that's very jack white but and you know even if you don't like it you should give them a chance when they're doing something like that because you have to imagine 
this is their job as well and they're doing that song night after night and maybe you know to keep it fresh they want to do that and that way they can go back to the original and feel you know well i mean if you just want to hear the original you can just play the album anyway yeah. so and i think a lot of bands do that to try to make people happy they think like oh this is yeah. this honky tonk thing like people are going to go crazy over this yeah. because not just because we've been playing it over and i we have to change it it's just but like it's something let's cool do something different yeah, yeah yeah let's let's see let's i i think the the crowd's really gonna dig this i th- i had an idea let's turn it into a honky tonk song have this idea for an arrangement and i think it's gonna blow people's minds yeah it it's a uh it's a I don't know where I was going with that. Hmm. <laughs> Having one I of those we songs there. is a it would is like a uh probably a curse that we should all wish for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah. we uh, I just edited an episode of one of our uh uh other shows where you know it was for Radiohead and their biggest song is Creep, but that is not at all indicative of what that band is and what they became and yet if you go on Spotify, Creep has 380 million uh, listens, and then right under that's Karma Police, which has like 180 million. That's a staggering amount more listens. And, you know, meanwhile, the band themselves hates that song that, you know, got them to this place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of Creep. I'm not sitting here being a Creep apologist. But, yeah, it is one of those things where it's like, you know... That that is a, a great problem to have. It, it it's a very uh, kind of like a first world problem type thing. Yeah. Which yeah. I I'll be a creep apologist. Yeah. Well, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm not saying people shouldn't like creep. I'm saying don't like Radiohead for creep. Yeah. Well, it it gives you a glimpse. Yeah. I mean, if that was uh, that was I mean, like the world's way in. Yeah. But I think if you heard that song and and liked it you probably were like i probably you know if you yeah. were really into it you that that might you'd probably be into the rest of it yeah and i i think i have the uh advantage of looking back knowing what comes because i came in to radiohead after they had already you know been the band mm-hmm. so it was easy for me to pick out the first two albums throw them away and then just take here on <sighs> that out. hurts man i'm sorry it and i know that second album the bends that that's i uh, that's an I unpopular Pablo, I, that I, I heard got me into radiohead I, I, that's yeah, yeah. an unpopular opinion no, that no. i don't like well, the i love pablo honey i remember hearing like the first snippet of one of your it was either with blur or oasis because i like Britpop and and I love all those albums and everything. I was t- yes. totally in the... And you guys, I don't know. I forget who said it, but just talking about Pablo Honey. Yeah. And I, I it put it on afterwards, yeah. and it's just like, you comes on, and it's just like, that is such a great song. Like, it's so hard-hitting. And, like, the time signature is, like, it's a weird yeah. song. Creep is a weird chord progression. Yeah, so that's what I, was... I think it's like, it it sounds like Radiohead. Yeah, like I think it chord definitely progression. does, and you can... You can pretend it doesn't all you want, but it does. So. Not it's what almost, I'm trying but to I, I, no, no, no. I wanted to say something. Yeah. It was just like, but I completely understand. But the sound is completely different. Like that, I mean, the, produ- the production yeah, yeah. on that album sounds like as if like, why it's hard to listen to like the replacements or like Husker Du kind of just like, those are great. I think those are great songs, but I understand that the production is like a little like a little dated, I guess. Yeah, but even with that kind of, uh, I... I argue that, you know, a the song should come out from that because mm. there are, you know, 
early punk records or uh i don't know if you know the band yuck but they are you know they're really like they recorded their whole debut album in their uh bedroom Mm -hmm. and it sounds like that but the songs are so catchy and just so attachable that Mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter but i am very much a you know people benefit from uh better uh production quality yeah. well I, I i actually like bedroom sound i guess yeah. it's more of just like um because bedroom i feel like bedroom sound garage whatever that i feel like that's a very universal sound and especially for musicians because it sounds like that's how you write a song exactly. and you can really like you can really get into that kind of a sound i guess more of it's just like it's a, for the biggest example is like that 80s production of just like the 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 gated snare and the, mainly oh, yeah. the drums and then just that reverb and everything like that which i can appreciate but just uh it's Feels just synthetic I yeah think, yeah i think we're currently in a very bad snare drum production era <laughs> oh. and i think what's going on right now will will be looked upon just as badly as the 80s yeah, snare drum. I think uh, we're in a yeah, terrible sense. spot yeah. with it at the moment. I had an argument with a dude at uh, a bar the other night, and I love this start of this story. By the way, <laughs> it was at going. East Side, and East Side was only playing '80s music, and that—that's my least favorite era for music. You know, ex- you know, there are a few exceptions, and then this guy, you know, I said it out loud, and I was like, "Man, they just start playing shit music tonight." And he's like, "Dude, they're only playing the '80s. It's amazing." And I was like, "No." I hate the 80s, blah, 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 gave him all my reasons. And then he said, well, what about this band? What about the Smiths? And I was like, of course I like the Smiths, but that's not indicative of what the 80s was. And he's like, well, what about The Cure? I was like, that's different. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it has uh, parts of it, but then also The Cure has been a band since the 70s. So, mm-hmm. like, don't come at me saying that the, the Cure is an 80s band. Yeah, but they kind of built the road. That yeah. all the all that stuff's driving on. I think yeah. that about those bands specifically. They made a lot of bad bands. The Cure did. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Phil Collins for the '80s because he's responsible for that. Uh, the drum sound. There's a there's a great video on. I think it's on Vox uh, that they talk about how that that reverb or in the air tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's that exact. Uh, he did it in like a uh, studio that had a stone wall and they had to figure out a way to, uh, you know, replicate that for someone who can't afford a studio like that. Yeah, and yeah. then it just over the next couple of years, that was the only thing you'd hear. I think that the production in particular in that song is good. I think just the, uh, where it, uh, the transmitted or whatever went into like, other people trying to do that sound, I think it maybe got a little bit. Because I, I really like, I don't know. I, I think the the sound of the drums is very iconic. Like on that tune in particular, like it's very. Um, I don't know how you would describe it. It sounds like industrial music. Yeah, it, it sounds does. like Nine Inch Nails. Like it sounds like Trent Reznor listened yeah, to that. Which was wasn't their point. first album in the eighties, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, it was like eighty nine. Eighty nine was was so um, barely pretty hate machine. Pretty hate machine. Yeah. Just barely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it counts. Radiohead started in the 80s. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers started in the 80s. Don't want to talk about them. Um, Too late. Too late. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm glad that we got off on this tangent. No, I I really like this. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a tough thing to explain because, you know, my parents, that that's that's their uh, era that they want to talk about because that's when they were going to college and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's just. I can't get behind it. Is there something, is there an 80s record 
that you think you would like the music if it wasn't for the production? Hmm. Can you give me any examples? Well, I think... Because I stray away from 80s bands. Like, I, I don't a, want to listen to Depeche Mode. I had a, a friend... We still have him. Um, but <laughs> He's still with us. We're still friends. Uh, who said he couldn't listen to Paul Simon Graceland because of the production. Sounds and I was like, man, you're just... You're missing out. Like, you're, you're doing yourself... A disservice, or I think, uh, in the same vein, he didn't like Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. And I was, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, I, I, I'm like, bro. Well, and that's the benefit of live performances. There have been shows that, uh, one of my favorite bands is Coheed and Cambria. And the first time I went to go see them live, it was on this record called The Afterman. And there was a song on there that I was like, this isn't a bad song, but it's not for me. It was the song on the album that I always skipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I saw them live and I saw exactly what they were doing as musicians and then also heard it in my mind, probably how they anticipate or and how they, uh, you know, envisioned wanted it. it. Yeah, yeah. How they envisioned it. And, um, yeah. And, you know, ever since then, I like that song, which it, it's one of those things where it's the core of the song. And another example is I, I'm a fan of Muse, uh, and you know, that's a band that has drastically changed, and I understand why people don't like them for every single wave of what they have done. Uh, but most recently, they released a record last year that I thought was absolute garbage. And uh, it was not even just like a bunch of pop music, but it was just really, it was trying to be pop music, which is <laughs> the issue when you're trying to be something that really isn't coming naturally but they did have one song on it that the singer played acoustic before they released the record and i was like that's a beautiful song it's really cool what he's doing on guitar and then they released it and i was like whoa this sucks ass (laughs) so it's one of those things where i was like i was excited for that song even though i was hesitant for that record and then i heard it and i was just like there's a good song here and i will admit that there Mm -hmm. is a good song but it's not there or i can't hear it with all this glitter on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I would say there probably is our albums, but it depends on how heavy they're laying it on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I'm very much, I am cool with people. Like, obviously, I like Radiohead. So, like, Radiohead, you know, they did a bunch of electronic stuff, but they still kept that, you know, live, um, you know, the, the liveness about them. Uh, so... It's hard for me to really say that I. That's the reason I don't like the '80s. The reason I don't like the '80s is it sounds synthetic, and that's probably due to the uh, heavy use of electronic drums and synths. So, I don't know. Not my favorite era. I just Sorry. know I'm gonna pick some '80s music for a future deep dive. So, yeah. Fun. yes, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, I think I understand. I understand that I, I I can be turned off on sounds and whatnot, and that affects. It sucks because that can affect um, my appreciation for songs and and everything else that kind of goes in with an album or a song or something like that. I can be like, I I understand and I appreciate the presentation as well as like yeah. the the subject matter and the the substance and everything like that. So it's the blessing and the burden of being a musician is that. When you hear something, you can really appreciate what they're doing, or you can really not let something go because it bugs you and it's not the way that you would have done it. 
that kind of thing. Because <laughs> there, there are plenty of times where my, my girlfriend, who is a more of a poptimist than I am, uh, she'll show me a pop song and she's like, this is great. And I just can't let something go. And I was just like, mm. I want to be more like her where I can accept a song as good for what it is and not necessarily cling on to the fact that there's a track saying, Hey, every two seconds in the background, like that kind of stuff. I mean, there's limits yeah. to that. Like so. Justin Bieber's, uh, baby, that song, it has a track that says like, yeah or hey in the background every other second and it as soon as i noticed that i was like i don't see how people can listen to this song and that's a dated reference i I get that but that's the best example that i can come up with so yeah and another thing uh and then i'll drop this (laughs) i was trying to think of another of an example of like a song that i cherish that has hey and woe in it and it's one that i think it has um a sample of like a hey whoa it might be like a james brown thing or something like that but uh it takes two by rob bass perfect song <laughs> yeah perfect song perfect and it it just like it, it has like hey yeah uh, yeah hey yeah uh it's it's just like a what do you call that i, I guess feel like they, they did you know, it well in that song. that was our yeah. cover of yeah. that <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah thank you thank yeah. you look for hey. that in the next live show yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> but then also, you know, like as somebody who has a little experience of, you know, what uh, recording and mixing and mastering looks mm-hmm. like, whenever I pull up a uh, song nowadays and it's just like it's a, a fully mastered song, it's just this compressed to shit. Like it's just this huge rectangle yeah. where, you know, back then I pulled up Creep for that episode to put it in the uh, the session. And like compared to that and the other song that I picked, they were just like a stark difference. And mm-hmm. that's like from the nineties to the mid two thousands. And it's just shocking how that happened. And I don't think I have time, nor do I want to explain to people what compression has done to music. But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting thing. If you care about it, why musicians and not just musicians, people care about vinyl and wave and flat formats and that kind of stuff. And why Neil Young's uh, wave player failed horribly. So, yeah. <laughs> I almost did, forgot about that, but yeah. Did it? I haven't heard anything about it in um, a while. Is that Exactly. Is that what that means? Yeah, it, it's officially dead. I Why think it died. Does he like still have one? It's okay. T- title sure. still Pono? exists. Blanco? Blah, blah, blah. What was it? Pono. Pono. Sorry. It was like a triangle-shaped thing. I thought it was a cool idea, but then also... going on eBay right Can you only listen to it from the triangle? Doesn't it sound like? Does the sound come from the triangle? No, no, it was just like a triangle-shaped like iPod. Just a triangle. It was just weird. Triangular prism. I had no. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's great that like it's the quality of the music so good, but you have to listen through it through the (laughs) shitty triangle speaker. So good. That's Neil Young. Yeah. He makes it hard on you. Yeah. Um, So. Uh, unless y'all want to talk about compression, we can move into tour stories slash your stories. Uh, it's generally I want uh, I have a story I want you to tell. Huh. Oh, the, the tour story. This uh-huh. can uh, be highs and lows, or low lows, high highs, whatever you want to talk about. I'm here to listen. I've heard it a couple times, but I think uh, <laughs> oh. it's like it was a South by. Or, or maybe it was just an Austin gig where mm-hmm. you had to drive home by yourself. Oh, you yeah, definitely. Over. And I feel yeah. like you were, it's like a, 
like you had such a bad time with this officer, but yeah. uh, you, that you're a, you have a little bit of a if this is a a trauma thing. Oh no, it's that you'd totally rather fine. Not, rather not talk about. I understand. No, no, no. Okay, so I think the whole thing. Um, we were we were playing a gig. It was mm-hmm. RTB2. We were playing with our pal uh, Randy, who plays in a band called Leatherbag in Austin. Um, and I knew that I had to leave right after the show and drive back because I think I had to run sound at the community market here. Um, and so, you know, you're always really, really pumped after a show. The adrenaline's going and you're thinking like, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. And then it's like 30 minutes. I'm terrible at driving for a certain distance even during the daytime and at night i'm just like i'm i'm worthless and so it's like that first 15 minutes like yeah 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 and then you're starting to kind of you know turn the music up a little bit more because you're kind of starting to blink and you're um and then i remember rolling the windows down all the way down and then blaring the music and just driving as fast as i can to get home Uh, i still probably have a long way to go and uh then i remember taking my shirt off and I threw it like on the ground and then I get pulled over and then the cop comes up. And so it's just like, I just speeding, speeding, shirtless, shirtless, <laughs> I loud got, music, loud music. Well, you I didn't ha- mention the shirtless part. That's, oh, yeah, I took important. my, yeah, I took my shirt off. Yeah. And, um, and then I got music equipment in the car. And so it's just like some musician guy, you know, stole drug. all this, didn't you? Yeah. Probably, probably all that. And all those instruments are probably filled with drugs. And, um, <laughs> and so he, it um, makes them sound better when you fill them with drugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I have to get out of the car and I have to walk a straight line and do the nose finger thing. And, um, oh, and it was, it was cold outside. Actually, no, I stepped out of the car and he said, do you have something to put on? And I was, <laughs> and I tried desperately to try to kind of find my shirt, and I couldn't find it. So in the back, there was a cardigan at of, and it was my girlfriend at the time. Her cardigan was in the back of my car, and it was, and so I put on this cardigan that barely fit, like the <laughs> buttons or anything, and it's like three quarter sleeve, and I'm just like, it's it's like holding on for dear life, and so I'm standing outside in the cold, and this cop is searching my car, and uh, he finds a bottle cap, and he said, and he he comes up to me, and he says, this is why I pull you over, this is why I search your car for things like this, and then I point to the bottle cap, and I said, that's a, that's a root beer cap. And he gets so pissed off, and he throws it on the ground, and he goes back to his car. He said, hey, that's littering. Yeah, 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 yeah. At that point, I was just like, (laughs) I I just want to get out of here. I don't don't need to agitate any any longer. And so he goes back to his car, writes me a ticket, and then I'm I'm home free. Man, what did he write? I mean, you don't have to say that. It was was speeding. I was speeding. The actual reason he pulled him over (laughs) was speeding. He didn't know that I didn't have a shirt on. (laughs) I bet you were uh, awake for the rest of that. What? I bet you were awake for the rest of the trip after that. I was. That really, really helped. That'll that'll really wake you up is getting pulled over. That's happened to me where I'll be, you know, like 30 minutes between my house and where I am. And, you know, for whatever reason, get pulled over. And like I'm like just super tired, and then as soon as you get pulled over, you're awake immediately. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, why couldn't you pull me over earlier? Like yeah. I was, I was tired, man. Yeah, <laughs> but that's great, you know, the whole cardigan thing. You know, some people pay extra over at Urban Urban Outfitters for tiny cardigans. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Also, was... you know, I'm not sure if it works the same way here, but 
you can't be more naked than no clothes unless you're only wearing socks, which in my oh, opinion yeah. is being more naked than fully naked because I don't know who the fuck does that. So maybe the cardigan just was a bad choice. <laughs> but Anyways. it sounds like it wasn't a choice either. No, it was not. It was not. Yeah. So that's... Did I miss anything? I think that was it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There it were a couple details I didn't... Re- or, I mean, I didn't remember... I assumed it was a weeknight, and it, yeah, I'm pretty but, sure I was trying to drive back. It was probably a Friday night. Oh, it could have been a weeknight. Well, I don't if it was know. the maybe I was getting market, back. Maybe yeah, I was getting, trying to get back to work. So yeah, but yeah, if it was the community market. That that should be a weekend thing, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah. Any uh, uh, other stories? Uh, I can remember, like we didn't, we haven't ever toured much. Yeah. So. Well, you can tell stories from locally because I have plenty of sh- uh, shitty stories I could tell that I'll just drop certain names out of. Uh, yeah, or I'll just keep no. saying my name as if I'm the person. There's plenty of shitty stories. I think we <laughs> like the funny ones the best. Yeah. Um, we did do a tour in 2007. We, that was probably our bi- busiest year tour-wise. And we did... Um, this is the Midwest thing? Yeah. So, okay. And I think... the. Maybe the farthest we got from home, if I remember correctly, was mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And um, we were there, it seemed like, for a few days. We had someone who we could stay with. They had a, they had basements there. And so uh, we could stay in the basement. We both, he and I both got, uh, like, sick, like sinus infection. Uh, just a very drafty basement. It was, a, it was in February, I think. And... Um, or maybe yeah, I think it was. It, I felt like it was cool, but it was kind of there was a mildness to the air. There were gigantic fucking mosquitoes. I remember. No, I have never seen any <laughs> mos- like they don't up there. They have mosquitoes that you don't you can't find around here. They're you think gigantic. they'd be bigger in Texas? That's really yeah. weird. Yeah, I would expect yeah. it's worse. Go and to they, Arkansas. But... I have family in Arkansas, oh, yeah. and they have mosquitoes that will get through your jeans. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank no you. I don't. I don't want to go there. I'm not going to Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> It's beautiful, but it the mosquitoes are not. So, um, and all of it, this one show, it seemed like everybody's patience, uh, like kind of fucking snapped at at this one place. <laughs> yeah, we went to this bar. We've been staying with a guy who was he? Did we stay with him or yeah. he, was he just saying Steve? 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 Just Steve? I don't know. Maybe if it was, sounds, Steve, I, don't, it's, okay. I think he was Steven. A Steve. Yeah. So. <laughs> We we're staying with this guy. He's um he's very nice to stay with us, but may, let's just say like a difference in personality and maybe you know not uh well, not my kind of guy or something like that <laughs> uh or whatever. So we go to this show. He is the local guy, and there and all his friends are there, and he's just playing solo, and there's no good reason that he's playing first, but that's exactly what happens. But he got shit faced drunk and he messed up all his songs. And, um, I, you know, there's a couple things we, we like we used to say to each other, things that he happened of like, um, just being drunk and being like, guys, guys, my guitar got all fucked up. And then, then he ended the show. With, the show. Yeah. He would just say yeah. that. And there's like work friends. He wasn't, I don't think he was a real, uh, musician or uh, i hate to say something like that, but anyway <laughs> and i think i remember at the end he just waved his right hand he was still holding his guitar but waved his right hand uh up above his head and sort of this 
That's the end of the show. I think I remember him saying. Wonderful. I think he fucked up a song, like the last thing. It, it, it he, I think he finally knew that he was too drunk. Fucked up the song. Everyone knew else could, knew way before. Knew he couldn't. <laughs> knew he couldn't do any more. And then just kind of like, that's the end of the show. Wonderful. It was yeah. It was yeah. Good. And we had I, I mean I think our friend Tony Ferraro and I were almost. Almost gonna fight on stage for a second. I think Tony was. Really? He said something really rude to the audience, like the first thing. Oh, okay. Uh, just, oh, we were playing with him. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "You need, you need to chill the fuck out," kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. And then I ended up in a, um, also in a, oh, with maybe the, in a fight and having to apologize to the yeah. other yeah. band. I think, it was a, I think he was like, <laughs> he the he was being very serious or something like that, just kind of about like. Uh, something that was going on with the set or something like that. And I think you, I feel like it was just completely out of context and you just went, fuck you. And he, and he got so upset. And he, and he, I think he really said like, really, really, really. And then he stormed off. So, yeah. but you had a huge smile on your face when you said, fuck you. I knew not to take was, it personally. Yeah. Self, self-satisfied. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And I think when he got upset, you laughed still. You were still he, laughing. Uh, I think it was that they, they would, oh God, you already said their name, but, um, maybe (laughs) if if anyone wants to back up, they could find out. I like, like well, I can edit that out. It doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) it was that they would get, they booked almost the whole tour Mm -hmm. for them and our friend Tony. And I think we were just kind of tagging along and, and, um, so it was like, we would play every night and Tony would play every night and sometimes we would join them. If they played, because it seemed like every time they got to a venue and it sucked, they would decide, the singer would be like, my voice, it was, my voice is bad. And so I think on that particular night. They didn't play. He had, yeah. And he had said something and I was, and I can't remember what it was, but I said something to the fact of like, um, yeah, man, well, we're sick, but somehow we still played this show in a, in a bit of a very fuck you man i you know this is we're we're out here for a reason let's yeah that's strange uh and even if you are sick you probably still want to play the show because i mean you're however many hours away from your house even if you're down the street it's like well fuck it it's 30 minutes to an hour yeah yeah i've had the one some great shows where i don't have a voice at all i'm just going "Ah." i've had people come up to me it's like can i buy your cd it's like it's not gonna sound you might sound sexier that (laughs) way you know it might be an NPR Anyways. thing. So I think that's what happened. And then he, realizing I was being an asshole, gave me a really, and I, that's when I was like, oh, okay. Fuck you. Oh, and then you, oh, it was added on top of. Yeah. Fuck you was added on top of. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of cool. gave me like, are you, like, are you, like, he didn't catch my point uh, initially of the, like, what are you trying to say, man? I think I might have then been like, I'm trying to say fuck <laughs> Uh, it's, it makes me sound really mean, but yeah, like I said, every everything just sort of boiled over at once. Yeah, it no, was I get it. it was a night. It was a real fucking night. Yeah, the best way, and like not just tour, but being in a band, the best way of describing being in a band slash playing multiple shows in a row is you get really close with people and you start to get really pissed off mm-hmm. at people. But then, as soon as you get home, or as soon as you're you know a couple of days out from that run of shows, you start thinking like, man, that was fun. Mm-hmm. I want to do that again, even though, you know, you may have had a massive, you know, blowout with some of these people. It's like, that's kind of part of it. And you can look back, like, I imagine this wasn't funny to you then. Um, 
actually Ryan said you <laughs> yeah smiling. I was having a good time <laughs> he was having a great time but then also you know like now everyone can laugh at that <laughs> I don't know I don't know that either <laughs> Uh, we still can. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and that's We're, the most that's, important. Part. That's what matters. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, any more stories, or would y'all like to move on? <sighs> if you don't mind, let's see. Is it worth sitting here thirty seconds in complete silence to try to? <laughs> One thing before we move on to our next segment is, uh, I didn't mention it, but and I don't even know if it's on purpose, but and this might be just you em- emoting whenever you uh, play live, but. You seem to play with the microphone a lot, and what I mean by that is, you know, you're not just staying at the same uh, distance from the microphone. You might go to the side or kind of back up from it, which, if that's one thing I could teach a musician or a singer, that's the one thing I want people to learn how to do is, you know, you don't have to be right over on the microphone, but you also don't have to be out here, and... They're so beautifully demonstrated yeah, orally, yeah. but now I got the visual too. Exactly. Yeah. But then also, you know, I've seen it even just like with uh, speakers, not even just musicians, where they will walk up on stage and they'll have, instead of having like a clip mic or whatever, they'll have a mic in hand. Yeah, like a, and or a podium mic too. Yeah. They'll worse. open up with saying, sorry, I don't know how to use a microphone. And it's just like, okay, so you're already aware of this and you're about to on purpose do what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do something like, put the microphone on their chest pointing up to them. And it's like, dude, you don't act like you can't hear what's happening out. Like, I know there are monitors, there's stage sound, and then there's front of house sound, but you can tell. When you see like the news anchor. Yep. Like that's, but that that's a um, usually an omnidirectional microphone. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think that's how you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. I call it the ice cream cone. Yeah. <laughs> like when they're holding, they just hold it out like this. That's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> I do you- like the way he uses the microphone. Yeah, but I do the opposite. I'm, I'm a like a former sound guy, and so I just eat the thing the whole time, no matter the volume. And I'm like, if the sound guy is worth a shit, he has a compressor. Yeah, or can well, I bring clown noses to venues now for multiple reasons? I don't want to share my germs with people. I don't want to get other people sick. I don't want them to get me sick. Uh, but I also don't want to be the asshole who walks up with my microphone. Uh, but I, I I'm that <laughs> asshole. Go ahead. Uh, that, no, and that's think, totally okay. I think okay. that's okay to do that. Yeah, especially when it comes to you may be sharing with however many people. That <laughs> That's not the best thing. And especially if you're playing night after night. But uh, that clown nose can also uh, be a good way of not hitting the microphone and also can be a nice uh, you know, uh, pop filter. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, a little buffer. I think the theme I'm catching on so far is I'm really comfortable being an asshole. Yeah. That might be the theme of the night. Well, I mean, I thought you... That's a good thing, though. You thought what? I thought you had already embraced that, Grady. (laughs) You know me better than I know myself. (laughs) That was the first time I've ever heard it called a clown nose, and the first time I ever used, and most of the times I've ever used this, is because I don't want to get shocked. Yeah, and that's another reason. Because That's the main thing that I've heard people mention before. I'm playing J&J's basement every once in a while, and I don't want to get shocked all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, that that's definitely yeah i agree with that um i don't know the official name for these i know I unless it's a pop filter but i don't consider i don't these. know if it would be a yeah pop filter. i don't know i've heard I, them called mike condom there it is i don't like i don't like that term it's I not like a very nose better. it's not a very good condom i yeah. like clown nose better <laughs> yeah this yeah. would not be a yeah this is a terrible condom. terrible condom <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it absorbs but i mean i yeah. don't know anyways don't feel great uh so on that note we'll move on to our next segment uh what we're listening to uh and 
Well, there's the noise. I was going to ask if you guys had any noises uh, that could get us into it, but you already did it without asking. We typically have a little... uh, Yeah, Yeah, we we have a sound effect, but uh, that co-host isn't here, so we don't have it. What is it? How does it go? It's the uh, Zelda, hey, listen, from uh, Navi, the, hey, listen. That was actually pretty spot on. Is that after... in 64 it's okay the, um i i got up to link to the past and then i'm it's i don't that. i don't know i don't know the zelda i've seen people play it after that but i've never played it's after uh link to the Ocar- past. ocarina ocarina, I heard, ocarina. That, I heard that was yeah. very good yeah yeah okay well i don't i'm sorry i uh, thought he, i, I thought i could close. try it that, okay, that was really close yeah, though yeah, that's okay that's pretty much it's it. notorious for being an annoying thing okay. whenever uh it, it's like a little like helper in the game and okay. every time it, it's telling you, oh, this is how you shoot this new thing that you learned how to do. It just keeps saying, hey, listen, over and over again until you open up the thing. Okay. So it's notorious for being a pain in the ass. I love it. I love this. And Thank then you. also, hey, listen, this is what we're listening <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. So we'll, uh, we'll go first. Yeah, we'll uh, go first and just oh, okay. whatever think stuff you guys have been listening to. And We don't stream, but you can pull out your Spotify's if that's what you choose to do. I won't judge you out loud. (sighs) Nice. That wasn't (laughs) at all. All right. Adam, what are you listening to? Uh, So I've been listening to two albums that came out recently. Uh, Anderson Pack's new album, Ventura. Fantastic. I really like it. I think it's better than Oxnard, actually. I don't know if other people would agree. Oh, you know what? There's... uh, Ventura is more yes. current. Yeah, it's another new album that he uh, surprised, like announced a couple weeks ago. Well, he he announced it. Then I haven't I haven't heard this. Uh, it came out. I think it came out last last yeah, week. It's like this so it's like super new. Wow. So, yeah, I have heard. It's I, good. I think I really liked Oxnard too, but I think it's it, to me it's the uh, more of the music that I wanted him to make. It's more like along the lines of Malibu. So I love Malibu, but I I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, That's and, the one I like. Yeah, uh, so everybody should go listen to that. It's real good. Uh, and then I've been listening to Billie Eilish's new album. What do you think? I really liked it. Yeah. And my girlfriend was asking why I'm listening to the music that her high school students are listening to. And I said, don't judge me. So. See, that's the thing is I've told people about it. I was like, you know, it's actually pretty interesting. It's a, yeah. it's a different kind of pop. And it's, you know, it's interesting. Well, it's it's she's, really well done. Yeah, and she's so. like 17. So it's interesting. The lyrical context is not a 17-year-old's mm-hmm. lyrical content. Yeah. It, it's very dark, and it, it does... It It reminds me of kind of like a Tyler, the Creator-esque thing, but has risen to this huge thing. And, you know, I've gotten that same thing of like, oh, yeah, I heard all the sorority girls are super into that. Well, you know... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. That doesn't make the music inherently bad. Sometimes, sometimes everybody bad. listens to good music. That yeah. makes one thing you have in common with them. Yeah. Uh, the sorority girls. I don't want that. Please well, don't put that well, burden you, on you, me. You have that now. So. Yeah. Was that it? Adam? Yeah, that, that was all. Just those two this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been listening to a couple things. Uh, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Aphex Twin, but specifically his newest EP, which I don't remember. I think it came out last year, but it's still pretty recent within the past 12 months called the Collapse EP. And, you know, I love Aphex Twin. It's just, it's different enough for me and djs can be very difficult for me but this one this works out uh how it like i haven't heard anything from from him uh in a very long time like i was i i was a big fan and still am of like the ambient yeah record um but i seriously i don't know like wh- ha- where has he gone 
did you so he took a break for a little bit but oh, yeah, um yeah. you know similar he same yeah. type of music mm-hmm. but and, and that's the beauty of him is you know there he has beautiful p- piano works mm-hmm. but then on top of that he has these songs that are just these frantic electronic songs yeah. that you would probably play laser tag to yeah. <laughs> but uh this one uh did you ever listen to the richard d james album uh it's the one with his face yeah uh, i mean yeah I but I, I never had i never had that record but i i, I yeah it, this it one this collapse ep is more that okay uh and then before that his most recent lp was like i think 2013 okay. i have it over here it's called like serio and okay. you know it, it it's really good as well but yeah. It's just one of those things where he's not a one-trick pony, but he is what he is, mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's reinvented himself. Um, but, and then, so, yeah, in this new EP, I would say, not that his output has been poor in the recent years, but it hasn't been as good as it has been, and I would say this EP is kind of more in that right direction of getting to a more steady output. Mm. Uh, then also... Uh, I don't know how you pronounce this band's name, but uh, the Mezingers. It's M E Z I N G E R S. They're just like a pop punk, not pop punk, but punk kind of, you know, like early two thousands catchy chorus punk, that kind of stuff. And it, it's very just kind of like a nostalgia thing. And what's quaint about that is this album is called After the Party that I've been listening to, and it's specifically them talking about being that band and being uh mainly a nostalgia thing for people which i think is very self-referential and aware but in a good way which you know because every time i listen to i'm like oh this takes me back to when you know i used to listen to this and they're also very aware of that and saying like that's not necessarily a bad thing and we're aware of it we're happy to be that thing so that's cool uh and then also one of my favorite bands thank you scientists released a new uh song it's called FXMLDR. I had no clue what that was uh, standing for, but here, if you can figure it out, uh, I wasn't the one who figured this out. My girlfriend was. The song is about uh, aliens, and it's this big, uh, their album coming out is this sci fi epic that's like 82 minutes long. So it's FXMLDR. Any guesses? Uh huh. What is it? Uh, Fox Mulder. Yep. Oh. Okay. Wow. I, for days, couldn't figure it out. And then <laughs> awesome. my girlfriend likes the band as well, so I showed her the song. I was like, I have no clue what this means. I like saw X, L, and R, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe it's like a music thing. And then like, uh, nope, it's Fox Mulder. Very good. Hell yeah. Very good. Yeah. New license plate idea. Yeah. Sure. Is it yeah. taken? Shit. Probably. <laughs> yeah. They probably got it from a license plate. Yeah. Probably. So that's what I'm listening to. Cool. cool. Ryan, what are you listening to? Well, uh, what's on my turntable right now is um, it's not it's not new. It's uh, it's probably from the early '60s. It's uh, this guy uh, Jimmy McCracklin. Uh, he oh my gosh, uh, he was an R&B artist, uh, blues guy. Played the piano. Uh, wrote hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs that a lot of other blues artists and every, every a lot of other people have done over the years. His most famous uh, song was called The Walk, uh, which came out on chess. And this album in particular that I'm listening to was his chess album. It's like called Jimmy McCracklin Sings. Very, very good. Very great uh, blues, R&B, piano music. Uh, I think he's from San Francisco. Um, the Walk was like, boom, 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 boom,
boom, boom, boom, boom, boom, which like a lot of, I think when, I think a lot of people, he even wrote like several songs that sounded like that after that song kind of came out. Are we going to have to pay for that? Um. Oh no, I'm sorry. (laughs) It wasn't very good. That was a joke. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, Anyways, it's great stuff. He had a great uh, guitar player, um, I forget, uh, Lafayette Thomas and just, just, I, I like a lot of that early R&B blues kind of stuff I've been listening to I've got a way bunch too of 45s of over here if you want to look through them and I take w- any I probably will I have like over 2,000 oh my, that's a lot when my grandfather passed away he collected these he would go to like yeah. flea markets and just buy boxes of 45s oh, yeah. so I have maybe hundreds of Dolly Parton records mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't want those so depends well, there on, you go depends that on what, which Dolly Parton I think well, probably all yeah. of it. Oh, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, if you ever want any uh, old records, yeah, just let well, me know. Yeah. Um, Clear out your Saturday. <laughs> awesome. So the Jimmy McCracklin, uh, I've been listening to at work as I'm doing filing and, and doing my data input uh, at the library. I've been listening to uh, Money Mark, uh, an album that he came out with called... Uh, Mark's keyboard repair that came out in like 95 or 96. He was the keyboardist for the Beastie Boys in early 90s up until maybe throughout the rest of their career. Um, So all of those Beastie Boys like instrumental kind of groove songs or whatever, if you hear keyboards, that's Money Mark playing that. And he probably co-wrote or wrote those parts and more or less probably that that groove to that song. Uh, This, the album in particular, Mark's keyboard repair is like incidental kind of just music like some of them are like really like singer songwriter most of them are just like 36 second like just kind of super lo-fi kind of groove stuff just like a little keyboard going and then really really cool like and there's like 30 tracks and so it's just like one idea after another which i love i love that kind That's of cool. stuff people forget yeah. that the bc boys actually knew how to play instruments oh yeah, and they're yeah, yeah. pretty good at it yeah they so. i mean they went back to playing their instruments it's yeah. like they were the punk band and then they did the first couple of albums and then more or less like the the beastie boys sound like at with check your head which is like let's just play our instruments and make our own stuff yeah. and then that was like more or less what they did for the rest of their career I they wish kinda, I could have seen them live. I, I feel yeah. like that would have been a hell of a show. I got to see them. That's awesome. It was awesome. That was like on my bucket list uh, for a while, I think since like 2010. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Adam Yock passed away. Yeah. And I was like, shit, that's it. I'm yeah. not going to be able to see them. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. When was that? Uh, it was a A Lollapalooza. Oh, it was like 90. Yeah. So it was like awesome. 90, 95 or 96. Yeah. That's a good it was time them, to see and them. And then too. Smashing Pumpkins. They came out wow. to, uh, I think it was Sure Shot, and um, they were like uh, passing a basketball around. So it was your turn to rap. <laughs> they, then you had the basketball, and they, the, the it was fucking incredible. They were so good. And then they would rap, and then they might, you know, run to their instruments and play an instrumental song, and then get back to it. And uh, it was cool. What an interesting group of guys. And- yeah. You mm-hmm. know, an eclectic career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They Very broke the mold when they made that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just one more thing. It's kind of like a collage of what's on my phone because I just cleaned out my car and all of the CDs that are on. I listen to CDs 
kudos to you for yeah. uh, cleaning out your car and listening yeah. to CDs. That's what I do which in I my car. Which I assume you purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, some of them are burnt <laughs> copies. But anyways, they're all they were all mixed up. And once it gets to that point where it's just like I need to clean up my car and all the CDs that are laying in the back. But they're all in its ca- they're, they're cases. I hate CDs that are not in their cases and they get scratched up. It's not that the is, CD's fault. Yeah, well, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's the people. It's my brother's fault. He did that to all of my CDs growing oh, up. Man. Anyways, uh, so like bringing them all back inside and put them in the right cases, putting them on the shelf and whatnot. And so for the last couple of days, I haven't had any CDs, and I'm terrible at putting music on my phone. And so I just have the same kind of music that I had put on my phone, which is like XTC, Drums and Wires, uh, Jenny Lewis's. Uh, Acid Tongue album, uh, Tom Waits' is Bad Bad as Me, D'Angelo's second album, uh, and Thank then um, yeah, and then just kind of random songs that uh, I picked for um, my wedding uh, a few years ago that are still on my phone, like Leslie Gore and Abba. So, anyways, that's what I'm listening to in my car at the moment until I get some CDs from my house. And I've been to meaning to check out Jenny Lewis's new record. Apparently, it's, it's really good. Yeah, we yeah. went to uh, my wife and I Van went Hall. to go down uh, and saw uh, her at a um, uh, Moody Theater in Austin this okay. past. Week, yeah, she was just in, before uh, at Canton Hall in Deep yeah, Elm yeah, not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, Riley, Rilo Kylie played mm-hmm. over at. Um, Rubber gloves. That's that's a band uh, that, that came sounds through. like yeah. They would come. Rubber, through gloves rubber gloves has a laundry list of people like you know my morning jacket and mm-hmm. Death Cab for Cutie. I bands. I think Death Cab was there when I saw them. I saw the early Rubber Gloves shows. I saw the Gloria record, which is a great emo band, and then uh, oh my god, the one the very first Rubber Gloves show that I saw was what is the one arm scissor band. Oh, you at, saw the drive-in. at the drive-in. Yes. Yeah. What? And so the fuck? it was totally packed. It was in rubber gloves. It was only the showroom, and that was it. Like you could only enter in through that room, and it was totally packed. You could only move left to right across like the merch booth, which was in the back. My stomach and, just like sunk a little and bit. All all <laughs> we could see were just little a couple of froes like from the from the stage, just kind of go up and down. And it was the I probably bet it was loud. Yeah. Up to then, that was the like at that moment, it was the loudest show. They're I'd a wild seen. group. I saw yeah. uh, them as Anti Mask, uh, which is one mm. of their new bands in Austin. And there's a video of this. They took a symbol, or um, not Omar. No, was it? Who's the singer? Cedric. Mm. Cedric grabbed the symbol, which, if I was a drummer, this would piss me off. Because uh, <laughs> I think it was Dave Elich was the drummer at the time. And he took the symbol off the stand and threw it at a uh, fire uh, extinguisher and the, it started spraying out stuff. So then he takes the fire extinguisher and starts spraying it in the venue. I was like, dude, this is a tiny ass club. You can't be just doing that. Like they were doing like a little gorilla tour and I was just like, what the fuck? It was insane. There's mm-hmm. videos of it and I'll see if I can find it and put it in the show notes, but fucking performers. You're going to find out that it was at every, they did the same thing at yeah. every venue. And yeah. That it's that the yeah. symbol and the, yeah. I saw them twice, so I know that that's not true. <laughs> um, right. Two other crazy things like happened seeing. I'm sorry, tangent, Grady. I'm no, sorry, please. Uh, but there this was, is more interesting than what not, I'm listening no, to. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, one is a story uh, that one of my best friends growing up, they at, at Rubber Gloves saw this band called La Save Fav, uh, 
um, who I remember seeing them at Trees. The lead singer is just a complete psycho, and he ha- he would like have people sing the song, you know, into the crowd. But then he would pu- he would strip down. He was a, a, a bigger fellow, and he would uh, strip down to his underwear, just get all kinds of sweaty, and he would stick the microphone into his underwear and then like push it out so that people could sing into the microphone through his underwear. Like that was a big move of his. Yeah. But I think I, I I was told at the Rubber Glove show is that there was some sort of like a dolly kind of uh, push dolly that you you know you usually put like bricks or whatever on like at Home Depot it was there and he jumped on it and he would just free like just run like ram towards the crowd and like without even doing like without even thinking and like everybody would just have to get out of the way or they would probably get killed it's a small it, room by the way for yeah, anyone who has never seen rubber gloves yeah and so it, i think it was just like a notoriously crazy show i believe for the longest time there was a bent like fan blade on one of the fans and i think that was because of the lasavi fav guy <laughs> like forever there was a bent blade on a on the fan at rubber gloves you mean it didn't get fixed and and they and Josh never fixed it. Fuck. Weird. Uh, it's pro- it's probably still like that. Uh, and then the other one, one of the a crazy show was seeing Andrew WK at Dan Silverleaf, what which the is fuck? yes, it was super crazy. It was for a birth. It was a birthday gig. It was uh, a guy who used to live around here called Cornmo. He had moved up to New York City, became friends with Andrew WK, and this person who was still living in Denton, whose birthday it was, flew in. They flew in and. Um, I had seen Andrew WK before. Uh, my friend, college friends, we were totally into that first record. I get wet. I love that record. Yeah. And uh, we had seen him at Trees, and it was one of the only other times that I was in a mosh pit. And I, it was the friendliest thing I'd ever been a part of. And I didn't realize I was going to be getting in the mosh pit, and I wore flip flops to that show. <laughs> and I, I like as soon as I got into the mosh pit, flip flops were gone. And I remember. I didn't know if this is how mosh pits work, but I never, I wasn't picked up, but I never touched the ground as I got into the blender of the mosh pit. And it was just a circle. And I was just, I felt like I was just floating the whole time, like doing like around the room. It was insane. It was crazy. And so at the end of the show, every, like the lights are on. We were staying for as long as possible because we were just like, maybe we can meet Andrew WK and everything. And I remember catching like a water bottle he threw out into the crowd. I still have that stupid water bottle. And you um, your well, flip-flops? as the crowd parted, as it thinned out, the flip-flops were in the middle of the room together, laying like one on top of the other. And it to be perfectly honest, with just... that kind of crowd, I bet you that they were, somebody found those and put them there for yeah, you because sh- yeah. <laughs> nice people go to see Andrew WK. That While did... you were floating. There's While another, I was floating. <laughs> there's another guy who had the worst <laughs> mosh pit experience that night and he's like... <laughs> The other side of Ryan's story is like there was this guy floating, and uh, I don't know what I don't know what all bad happened to him, mm-hmm. but he's got the other side of the story. I'm sure. I'm sure. If you're um, that guy, please write in. Yeah, we'll have you on. Him, uh, Andrew WK, at the, at back to the Dan Silverleaf show. I'm sure it's on YouTube. You should YouTube it because there was a bunch of balloon. The one of the most hilarious things. Okay, when he started playing. There were hardcore people there with like the bloody shirts and hats and like it had like lyrics on their like and they had like blood on their faces like ready to rock out and everything like that. He came out in like a leather jacket and he just played piano ballads for about half an hour. He played like a Scott Walker cover. He was wearing white? No, he had it underneath. Okay. Jeans, but he had the leather jacket on. He played piano ballads and like these guys were like, you know, headbanging to these ballads and everything like that. And I'm just like, 
this is bizarre and incredible. <laughs> yeah. And and then at the end, him and uh, this other guy, Cornmo, they both were piano players. They had their pianos faced to each other. And so they were singing at each other. Backup band came out and then they like launched into the Andrew WK material. And at that point, everybody was kind of, you know, you have the crowd throughout the venue. Everybody who was super into it rushed the stage. More or less, the Dan's regulars, like, fleed like towards the bathrooms <laughs> to the back of the room i'm kind of in the middle of the room not knowing exactly what to do one of the greatest moments was like there were balloons set up everywhere around the stage and he was like swinging his arms and doing his thing and he started swinging his arms and the strings of the balloons and all of the balloons started catching on his arm and like all of the strings and so he was just half of him was just a mess of tangled balloons and he couldn't get off. He couldn't, like he was trying to pop them and like you couldn't see his face anymore and he's just like, oh my God, he's like, he's like scared and just, it was, and I could not stop laughing. It was like one of the most, like I, I don't think I laughed harder in all of my life, but yeah. that is on video on YouTube somewhere. I'm gonna, I have a lot of reading. I need to watch a Beastie Boys show tonight and I need to find that video. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's incredible. I wonder what it was his a lot of fun. I wonder what his closet looks like. It's got to <laughs> be just like slightly dirty white t-shirts and I'm, I'm jeans sure, yeah. if those are jeans. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what Grady's been listening to. <laughs> Wait. Grady? <laughs> I Let's see. I did look at my phone. Um but on the turntable recently has been Bo Diddley, uh, something like a 80s collection of like, I think it's called His Greatest Sides, Volume 1, wonderful stuff. Um, Came out in the 80s. Yeah. But it's yeah, yeah, a, a collection it's of... It's not re-recorded things from the 80s. No. <laughs> um, and then, let's see. Oh, this Robert Palmer album, You, I would like you to listen to specifically called Clues. Yeah. That Ryan told me about was like he has a new wave album and it's it's beautiful uh, because I like he had done some records with uh, kind of little feet and and or the meters uh, and like kind of using some of that like uh, soul or funky, funky rock um, those people backing him up and um, it's cool to hear someone that you're you know used to hearing like almost like a reggae or yeah. funk background I'll check it out here and he's a great singer and the songs are really really uh awesome and it's I don't know I'm uh, we talked about this the other night I really like the it's 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 got a like dichotomy to it that I really like which is a really great singer with so it has soul it has emotion and then the synthetic yeah you know, so you have this like base of the of synthetic music with a really really great singer and really cool songs on top. It's got you know it if it fucks with my mind a little bit in a good way. So mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and then uh, you know talking about new stuff, I basically hear new stuff through my wife and my son. So. She likes Anderson Pack. That's probably the only reason, definitely the only reason I know what that is. And, you know, he's a drummer who sings, so I like that. Um, and then, I mean, my I showed my son Jim Croce, and now he just wants to listen to that all the time. So I've been mm-hmm. listening to a lot of Jim Croce. Um, and then, like, whatever movie, like kids' movie soundtrack that comes out, like, uh, 
Gosh, Despicable Me. It's a lot of Fer- <laughs> uh, uh, Pharrell Williams. Yeah. I almost missaid his name. Uh, but so I end up listening to a bunch of that. I really don't know a bunch of new music, and I'm not very interested. That'll be a uh, new, um, you know, Denton noise band soon. Feral Williams yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. A rock lottery <laughs> band. Yeah. Perfect. There you yeah. go. Feral. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I'm with you on the new music. Yeah, don't typically. I and I mean it's it's hard to find new music too if you don't use Spotify and stuff, which we talked about a little bit will. recently. But yeah. I know it's out there, I you know, yeah, and I, I hear stuff that I, I hear stuff that I like. I'm on sort of a, um, like a quest of finding cool old country music, and then there's a bunch of people that are out now that are like, "This is just like the old guys. You should listen to this name or that name." Yeah, and uh, I hate that shit. Yeah, <sighs> so. well, it, it's just it's one of those things where I mean, I want to listen to new stuff. You know, I love listening to my favorite yeah. record, but, you know, I want to move on right. from it at mm-hmm. points. But also the issue with Spotify is people say, oh, the discovery. But with me, that's like so much at your fingertips that it dilutes it all. Whereas, you know, if I was listening to it in rainbows on Spotify, it would not have the same effect as it does when I listen to it on my turntable. It's just, yeah, it, it I won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> that's a long discussion. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Though there's something that there's something that has been lost. You used to have to, yeah. and I still find music that way. Of yeah. I'm out and searching for things, and I mean, I most of the music I listen to and enjoy, I'm go, going to a record store and finding something. And going, yeah. I've heard good things about this. I've seen this name. Someone told me this was cool, and I'm going to check it out. Yeah. And I'm still taking a chance. It's hardly the same as you know hitting search and finding it and hitting yeah. play and being like oh this is fine yeah get to oh, a show or i love this see the opening band yeah yeah the, i know you paid for the big band but see them all oh, man like be everywhere know, early it's like an yeah it's an hour of your time you know well and you and might you might there. really like them because exactly. they are presumably playing with the main band that you're there to see I'm, for i'm a thinking reason, of so, so many times that i've seen the opening band and i've loved them like i was just trying to find right, yeah. Yeah. the cd of a band that i remember it was a dallas band and I, I i mean they were they i actually caught them more than once because they were like they were kind of like the opener of some touring bands that we, my friends and i would go see don't worry and, tripping uh, daisy is doing music again oh uh, yeah, no, 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 no. no this is it's <laughs> a band i tried to find their cd because it came out like so like you know 15 years ago or whatever and that they were called the chemistry set and um, do you remember mm-hmm. hearing? It? Yeah, yeah. Like it that was guy like, Steve. St- that guy, another guy. His name's Steve. Uh, and I, f- I found it. Like it's on Amazon. There's like, th- there's like a new copy for ninety dollars that somebody's probably trying to, whatever. It's just like, and then there's like a used copy for yeah. like a penny and everything. Just I like, tried oh. to find like an Isley record, and those are very expensive. Oh, the early, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those early. Did they ever, I, I got some. Did they ever make it big? Yeah. Sorry. Ish. <laughs> Ish. That was, um, that's just like the Pono. Yeah. Everyone told me they were going to be so yeah, fucking big. After you mentioned that, I looked up how much they are on eBay, but I was going to wait in case we didn't get to it again. Tell me now. $350. I that's think that's around what they, what they were, were going when they for. went out. Yeah, but that's amazing, that, that's amazing that they're still going for yeah. that. So. Wow. But I'm getting one. Yeah. But nicely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to send us some cash or send us your Pono, yeah, we'll, we'll take it and we'll we'll share it. With each other. Oh, we could definitely do a review episode of that. That's I want to think that'd be incredible. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be fun. I want to pronounce it like Bono, so yeah. it's 
Pano. Pano. Yeah. It's got to stand for something. So if you can come up with a cool acronym. Okay. Cool. So uh, (laughs) where can uh, people find you guys? What do you have coming up? Well, I wrote it on an envelope. Are you guys on the streaming softwares that we so scathingly said? Well, some I'm, stuff. I think, I don't know if we're on, we're probably on Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, but we not have the a, both of it though. Not the both of it. Yeah. Our first album. It's out That's, of print in all formats. In all formats. Yeah. Well, it is on Bandcamp. Uh, and we have a Bandcamp, RTB2, and then the rest of it. Uh, yeah. So. Not our, a hard band to find, luckily, with a name like that. Yeah. 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 Um, what? Y'all are on Facebook else. and Instagram. Yes. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, um, yeah, those things. You can find us. We're on the internet. All the places. Yeah. Some YouTube. good live videos if you're uh, on, yeah. out of town and can't make it to a show. Totally. On the YouTube, we I think we have a channel up there, and then you can just type in the thing. You'll have a good So there. Far video, which So oh, Far yeah. is a cool thing. Yeah, we, yeah. We've, we've loved that over the years. We've played in a, f- a couple of acts over the years for So Far. Yeah. Yeah. We've played in a lot of bands over the years, by the way, that have kind of come and gone. And we've yeah. made a lot of music, which is really, really great. Uh, RTB, I mean, RTB2 is now how old? 15 Almost years. 15 years. Yeah. yeah. 14. So, yeah. We're going to have an anniversary. Yeah. Can we have some cake? We can have some cake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but actual uh, being out and about, Grady and I playing together. Grady has. Uh, uh, lots of projects that he does. One in particular is a honky tonk band, uh, Raised Right Men, who play three to four times a week. Yeah, you guys very, are very everywhere. busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that the time. name is yeah. all around, and, not just Denton, DFW. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am. So you can look them up. Grady might be playing tomorrow night. <laughs> playing tomorrow night? No, no. All right. Thursday uh, though. Thursday though. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I am not playing out as much. We have the occasional gig together, and then we're playing with our friend like Daniel Markham, who's playing around the area, and then our friend Tony Ferraro plays here and there. Uh, well, I think I just play with him. Yeah. Anyways, um, I have. huh? I have. You have. Yes, on that tour where you were like, "Fuck you, man." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where oh, was I? Story. So I'm. I've been working on a solo record, which will be my. Uh, I've. I guess it's been almost about ten years since I've done a solo record. Will it just be RTB? Uh, Ryan Thomas Becker, yeah. Okay. And um, just kind of, I'm kind of in the middle of it. Like I'm not in any hurry. I should be in a hurry because I'm like, uh, completely obsessed with the songs and everything like that. And I hate when I get to that point. I. I. My preference is to work quickly, uh, because. Uh, it starts to hurt if you don't work quick enough, or for me in particular. Make um, it good. It, it, take your time. Whenever well, you're is, gone, that'll be there. So that's the important uh, thing. Yeah, I, I guess I'm a firm believer that an album is kind of a snapshot. Since we, yeah. since what we do with our songs can change and everything like that, the albums that we've made are they more a lot of them are just blueprints yeah to what we do and what we have done to those songs anyways but yeah taking my time because i'm you know fooling around with it'll be good yeah i it's think gonna it'll be worth it i think it's gonna be worth it's gonna be it. so fucking worth anyways it. i have no idea when that's coming up uh we play in some uh so the first day that i'm date i'm going to say i could have done this very easily and very shortly and uh that's not our way that is not our way uh we play in some like cover bands uh we've done like big star and we do neil young and we do we've done the rolling stones we've done springsteen um we've tom done petty 
Tom Petty. We've done a Tom Petty thing. We've done the, we do a thing with the band uh, that we do every year at Dan's. Um, and now we're going to do a Dylan thing, which should be fun. Yes. Uh, and that is May 24th at Andy's. Uh, we are just sending each other lists of Bob Dylan songs that we want to oh do. God, the longest Everyone's list, you've ever seen. list is over 24 songs. Yeah, I imagine. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's impossible. I think Grady said that he started his list was every song, and then he started with all of them. The ancient scroll, uh-huh. the sacred scroll. Yeah, so that should be fun when all of that's together. And the, that band is the same as we we kind of call ourselves bar band because we can do a bunch of different kind of stuff. Um, that has our friend Tony in it, our friend Jeff Gruber in it, who lives in Dallas, who's plays with some bands and we played in bands he's with on Bandcamp. he's on Bandcamp as well and then our friend um scott dambaum who uh was in centromatic and then he has his own group or his own project called static diary diary yes diary. um so that should be a fun show at andy's new Maybe andy's it doesn't 24? smell as bad as it used to bob dylan's birthday oh yeah oh is it oh I sweet so. huh? well then that makes sense very cool should be fun uh, and then in June, on June 22nd, RTB2 is playing at Eastside Bar and Grill. <laughs> I don't forgot what it's called. Just I guess Eastside. Eastside Denton, Texas. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a grill. Uh, we're playing this festival. It's a weekend festival. It's called the Summer Hangout. Uh, brought to you by Last Chance Records, who puts out records by people from Arkansas, and Brent then Best. also Brent Best. Um, so, anyways, June 22nd, RTB2. I think it's during the day. Was Big that one free? Uh, probably. How about the day thing? So I don't know. I would just imagine at East Side. It yeah, is. I think at East Side it probably would be. Not right, that if people it's shouldn't be pay. There's probably in, like the but then food truck park. Yes. Okay. That's probably there's probably a free thing, and then there's probably a thing where you have to pay, which yeah. is probably like a dance a or dance, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So May 24th, we're playing some Bob Dylan songs with our friends, and then June 22nd at Andy's bar at Andy's bar and grill. Uh, and then June twenty second, RTB two is playing at Eastside uh, for a festival thing. Eastside Bar and Grill. Yes, like it's Eastside <laughs> is more or less exactly like Applebee's. Very good. Um, anything else? All good. Thank I, you. I think so. Yeah, and no. thank you. Yeah, thank thanks you for having for us. Thanks this for is a on, lot yeah. of fun. I thanks. wish we could talk about Radiohead more. Well, we can. <laughs> uh, I just don't think you actually want to. I have some of their yeah. master tape. If you want to look at it and not touch it master yeah. tape yeah. wow yeah. that's incredible i uh, haven't i i'm just gonna say i the last f- whole album i've heard by radiohead uh was hell to the thief and i have not a heard a f- full album since then oh no i heard the latest one the moonshaped yeah. pool and yeah. that was i liked that one a whole yeah. bunch yeah the last song is heartbreaking uh, and i don't remember what it was you bastard uh true level eights it's been around since oh that's the 90s. been around forever yeah, yeah that was i i was listening to that before the live yeah. album came out but that like, made it even more potent that it was from the 90s because his partner and him got uh separated and then four months later she passed away oh my god and so know. that song I, I mean i don't know that it's about her but yeah. the lyrical content makes oh my sense god. that it's about her and then that's that a, song yeah. It's the last song on the record, oh, and they completely redid it, and this really somber piano. I'm I think remembering it's in like it now. Three, and it's it's beautiful yeah. and heartbreaking. Yeah. I oh, cannot man. listen to that without like just like totally, totally just like feeling like shit after. But uh, my friends and I in high school, we would trade like Radiohead live shows and B sides and all that stuff, and that's when we got into the, all that kind of thing. Like uh, the nude song, 
that they they just yeah. they started playing during the you probably saw them play it live didn't you see like the them on um okay the, computer okay computer tour? yeah um yeah they played it on the okay computer tour and it's on like meeting people is easy yeah I have my a, favorite documentary to fall asleep to i love it so amazing. much amazing <laughs> uh yeah i have a cassette tape with uh that has all the songs that they were all their uh ideas and sketches during the okay computer and they have, oh, awesome. like, they have a like, ton of a ton of those songs that That's were fun. like you know oh this is the infancy of you know the song that came i love i later. loved that stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah uh anyways I, I had a friend who uh found uh, i asked i told him oh radiohead's like one of my favorite bands and he said you know funnily enough i really like radiohead uh and i got into them because one day i was walking home from school and, and there was a cd on the ground and i picked it up and there was no markings on it so i listened to it in my cd player and then i found out a couple years later and i really liked it and found out a couple years later it was okay computer i was like Honestly, that's probably the most Radiohead way of getting into Radiohead. <laughs> so, like, honestly, good for you. That's fun. But Plus thanks, nailed it. Yeah. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, thank thanks you. for the years of music. Thank More to come. Go yes. see them live. Nice to meet you guys, Adam. Nice where can they find us? Uh, They've already found us. People are probably already know because they're listening. But if they don't know, um, they can find us at don'tfeedtheartist.com, and you can find links to everything we talked about, including all the music that we're listening to. So, yeah. Um, oh, there and i guess follow us on social media i don't really care about that but yeah uh, yeah just we like talking to musicians so it's fun nice talking coming. to you guys thank you all right yeah Shines.